Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm not sure what take this is, but damn, these, there's been a lot of recordings of this intro today. Um, it's very noisy in my flat today there's people outside screaming and hollering so I'm currently got my head in the wardrobe maybe I did last week like this but you know I'm sort of perched between some shirts in an attempt to uh, muffle out the outdoor noises also I broke one of my microphones sadly so this is a replacement I think you won't notice, so I don't need to tell you. But anyway, should, should I just start the podcast now? Yeah, just maybe tell them who the guest is. The guest? That is a good idea. Uh, to, this week's guest is Syriac. Syriac is an animator whose work you've seen. I guarantee you've seen it. If you've been on the internet at any point in the last 10 years, you've seen his work. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen his work. Um looping, evolving, beautiful, kind of scary animation that I personally have found pretty much awe-inspiring. So getting the opportunity to sit down with Syriac and just talk, just talk, just talk about the stuff we talk about in the next hour is uh, a treat for me. And I'm hoping it will also be a treat for you. Yeah, see, I care. I care, people. A um, couple of things before we start, though. This is the first one where I made a huge mistake while recording. Basically, Syriac has a book out called Horse Destroys the Universe. And I, although I put it in my notes, I completely forgot to ask him, which was dumb. And as I was packing up, I realised this, and I thought, let's just quickly sit down and get a little bit about the book. So we did, and we talked, and then I hadn't pressed record. <laughs> so, big boo-boos on my behalf there. But if you're interested in the book, it's Horse Destroys the Universe by Syriac Harris. And uh, you can find that on unbound.com. He had the rushes and everything literally on the table in front of us. So, yeah, I'm kind of glad I made that mistake, though. It was all going too well, like five episodes in and I hadn't forgotten to press record once. Anyway, definitely go check out the book, jump onto Syriac's YouTube, his Twitter, hit all the thumbs ups and the likes and the hearts and the doodads you can, and then remember to thank me because you're about to have your mind blown. 
Okay, now we have to do the horrible bit. The bit I hate, the plugging. This podcast is funded through Patreon. I want to do as many of them as I can in person, which means traveling and getting in there, in their living rooms. And uh, without the Patreon support, I don't know that I could do that. So, to all of you who already support, genuinely appreciate that. It blows my mind that anyone bothers. <laughs> and anyone who fancies throwing the podcast the dollary do to keep it making this quality content. Can you not hear it in my radio voice? This is quality content right now. Um, it's patreon.com forward slash Dan In podcast news, next week's is the last one I have recorded. So hopefully I'll be able to have got a couple more episodes recorded in the meantime. But uh, typical artists are very difficult to pin down with times and places and such. So fingers crossed there won't be any interruption to our weekly schedule. But if there is, it'll only be a week or so gap, hopefully. Anyway, I guess we should get on with the conversation right now. That's what you're here for. You're not here for the ramble. So here we go. Fade fade it in, Dan. And then fade this out. No, fade this out first. There you go. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, yeah. You're Syriac. Is that um, how I pronounce that? That's, that's how it's pronounced, yep, Syriac. So you were... Somebody else who won't tell me how to pronounce his name, a guy called Rob Bestcheeser? Bestcheeser? <laughs> Bestcheeser. Bestcheeser, um, who is an editor on boingboing.net. Oh, I think I know the name now. He yeah. makes uh, really nice warped... Uh, photoshops of like Donald Trump but his mouth is also his eyes like <laughs> his mouth is where his eyes should be and stuff oh, as right. that you are the internet itself <laughs> you are the actual internet trying to communicate <laughs> with us in a way it think, you think we understand maybe which is like to describe your work like as a you're an animator 
is the easiest description. Mm. But then to actually describe what you do, you start getting into, well, well, like this video, it's like a fleshy Rube Goldberg machine. But if MC Escher had access to Adobe After Effects, how do you describe what you do? God, I don't know. I've, and I've, and I've, I've written it down so many times with, with interviews because it's something people always ask and I have to think about it because I don't think about it yeah. in, when, I'm, when I'm doing it myself. I don't think, yeah, this is, I'm going to do it this way because I'm, I'm a, into doing surreal geometry, mathematical, whatever. I just do whatever, <laughs> I, whatever I want to see. It's, yeah, it, it usually starts off with a, just a, a completely ridiculous idea, and then I have to kind of make it happen. Mm. Because if I don't, then I'll never. Nobody else will. That's basically the reason I do anything. Is because these are things that that won't exist unless I I kind of make them. Yeah. See, the, the this is a really honest answer. Like these are the things I want to see, mm. and I feel like. Well, it's, it's, and I mean, it's, animation is just a a kind of a handy medium I use for that. I don't particularly, I mean, I'm, technically I'm an animator, but I just, I just use whatever medium to, to create these kind of worlds or stories. I mean, before I did animation, I did comic strips, I did kind of illustration and painting, and so the illustrations on the wall are uh, kind of fractal geometry. Yeah, I mean, this is what I've always been interested in with with everything I do. I guess it's it's the the rules that that generate the world around you, uh, and they're kind of you can distill them down to a very simple mathematical premise, but they'll still spawn all this complexity. When like, you keep, when you keep iterating them and stuff like these, the things on the wall couldn't exist without a ruler, maybe a protractor and a compass. Well, I actually did that one without any rulers. Show off, which was just a kind of <laughs> yeah, just a, a personal challenge, really. You can't see this because this is audio, but there's there's circles and cogs and uh, it's. <laughs> It's basically, it's, it was inspired by um, Haynes car manuals. Okay, that's a really good description, actually. That, yeah. that helps. Haynes, <laughs> Haynes car manuals are amazing. They are, honestly. He, he passed away recently, I think. Oh, yeah, the guy, yeah. He, he, yeah, and, and when I saw that, I thought, God, you know, I, kn- I don't really know anything about the, the people who illustrated those magazines. Yeah, that, those books. like, I didn't even think about it that Haynes was like the guy's name, mm. or, or that was somebody's well, they, creation. Those those books have been around for so long, I just assumed that he'd kind of been and gone a long <laughs> time, long time ago. ago yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that there are things that are created that have existed in your life so long that you can't even process the idea that the person who created it is still kicking around. Yeah, yeah, well, in these days, I don't know, every week there's somebody new dying Mm. God, there was one today. Um, the guy from uh, Prodigy, Keith Flint. Yeah, yeah. That that's a, a double difficult one because of it being it was suicide as well. And like, I know we're not gonna we we sort of already we said we're gonna avoid like politics, but 
we live in a time where we're still trying to come to this ter- terms with the idea that men have emotions, you know. Yeah. And like his generation is pretty. He's forty nine, I think. Mm. So I'm only nine years younger than him. <laughs> I think you're about the same age as me. I'm I'm kind of halfway between you and him. Yeah. So we're that generation that is starting to come to terms with the idea that you're allowed emotions and, <laughs> and feelings, but this this idea that boys don't cry is still like really part of society and we we might we might be able to move past that eventually but it com- comes with the price of accepting that men actually have weakness weakness <laughs> and, and yeah accepting the idea that you're gonna fail which is weird i'm gonna try to bend this back to the <laughs> podcast right now before i start but um which is but it's something to do with creating you know mm. like a lot of I imagine you have hundreds of failed projects, unfinished ideas, things you could never quite make blossom into the thing you wanted. Well, anything that that didn't work is just a step towards something that does work. Mm. So I've got, I I wouldn't say I've got a a box full of failed, half-finished crap Mm. In the other room, I'd say I've got a box full of potential ideas. Yeah, yeah. Kind of um, that I can keep pulling, pulling out every now and then, saying, "Well, this this could be good if I did this, that, or the other." You know. And I suppose, like, what every success you have, success in air quotes, i.e., something that's finished enough for you to think of putting it into the world, mm. is another chance for one of those abandoned pieces to go well hang on if I apply this idea from project A to project old (laughs) I mean I've got videos that on my YouTube channel that came from ideas I might have had like 10 years previously and they've just bounced around inside my head all that time until I thought well you know I haven't got any other ideas at the moment so I better pick out (laughs) old ones and do something with it you you mentioned YouTube um obviously your career doesn't doesn't exist without the internet. Is that, is that yeah, fair to say? Yeah, and it's weird because before I discovered the internet, I would I didn't even think about computer. I didn't even use computers until I because you did a more traditional animation. Yeah, when, well, I went to college back in the late nineties, and computer animation was a thing back then, but it was still kind of early days it's still expensive as and, well yeah and there was still this kind of idea of animation being a tradition with like hand drawn mm. stuff or or stop motion and it's all very kind of hands-on like a craft uh, so that's how we were taught and then, yeah and then i left university with a degree and and found that i didn't know what to do with it because everyone was like using computers <laughs> <laughs> and i'd never even used a computer and yeah, it was just a total accident, really, that I was, I'd kind of been signing on for a while. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and they said, you've got to get a job, mate. We're not going to give you any more money. So I just took the first job I could get, which happened to be using a computer, which happened to be connected to the internet. 
And what it, was that job? It was uh, it was data entry for uh, a website, um, which kind of so fulfilling then. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I totally, I totally lied on my CV about how I could use computers and Photoshop and it's the best Word way and stuff. And then the first day I got there, they had to show me how to copy and paste and stuff. But uh, yeah, I picked it all up. <laughs> I, and you picked it up quick enough not to get fired. Yeah, and then not only that, they started giving me other work, and eventually I was like, because it was one of these jobs where you had to tidy. The up artwork now mm. and then so I kind of get to learn how to use Photoshop and then I started messing around with photos and things just for the fun of it and then I noticed that you can actually make little animations in Photoshop so I'll just be doing that for the people in the office for a yeah. laugh and then I started looking at the internet and finding these websites where you could post pictures and things and like a beta and yeah like that. yeah things yeah. like that and so I thought, well, I could have a go at doing that. I may as well put these animation skills to some use. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, without that, without that platform of the internet and the, the medium of, of the, the computers provide, I mean, what, what other option did I have as an animator? I'd, mm. I'd be, like, scribbling on bits of paper in my flat for months and months yeah and then what would you do with that you'd have to take it somewhere to get filmed and processed and then take it around animation festivals or whatever yeah and the alternative to that would be going off and working in an animation studio working on somebody else's ideas which is yeah. something i didn't want to do so i was kind of stuck not being able to, to do anything until computers gave me a really easy way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but that, like, people, people will, like, uh, when I started making music, like, it was a, I was doing my A-levels, and there was, it wasn't actually an A-level in music, it was just this, like, I think AS level or something, like a one-year thing. Oh, right. And there was this kid, I'm not going to say his name, but he was <laughs> like, oh, it's just button pushing, mate. It's just, like meaningless button pushing while he's holding his fender strat and and just doing covers of uh chain's addiction it's like i don't know why you think covering somebody else's work is more valid than me creating something new but i'll i'll let it live and like now i, I see him like posting it's like yeah I, I, I dropped a new beat i'm djing tonight and it's like wait but i thought it was just button pushing <laughs> like the the mechanics of making something shouldn't yeah, devalue it. Yeah, right. I mean, the tools make it easier, which just means more people can have a go. And there's a lot mm. of people out there like me who are far too lazy to learn how to well, play you, a musical instrument. You've mentioned <laughs> before, um, I don't know, I've, I've listened to a couple of things and read a few interviews. I think that's called research. I don't know. Mm. I'm a professional. Um, but you mentioned before that yeah that that attraction was like well I don't have to draw this thing I can just take a photograph of this thing yeah and then start. I mean for me it's always been I've, I have these ideas and I've got to I've got to act on them quickly or I'll just get bored and move on to something else so I need the easiest and quickest way of doing something mm. that I can get my hands on which is the main reason i started cutting out photos and 
and moving them around just because it's quicker than drawing. Yeah. Because I mean, I used to draw stuff, but it, it takes you years. I mean, I have such admiration for animators who do hand-drawn stuff. That is just way beyond my my uh, patience. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's a, the decision is almost set in stone. If you go back and look at Akira, the the cinematography of that is in whoever they chose that shot. They that storyboarding, everything. It's almost like once you've committed, you've committed. Mm. Whereas for for something more in the digital realm, you're like, hmm, this angle's not, this cropping's not quite right, this angle's not quite right. I, I, but you have that ability to, oh, but I can change that yeah. rather than having to, I don't know, just, oh, well, just, <laughs> I've just wasted 500 hours. Yeah, but. and I mean, I guess there is a kind of a charm that you get with, I mean, if you look at something like stop motion animation where... Mm you can't exactly go back and do it again if you mess yeah. up. So you might have a few like dodgy bits. Claymation's still yeah. the pinnacle. You might see a few animation. thumbprints and stuff. But it's I guess that you, when you can see the, the craft, you can see the hands of the artist involved. Mm. I guess that kind of adds something to it, which maybe you don't get with you if it's all very polished. I, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of get the feeling that that's what some people like about my stuff is that it has that kind of hands-on feel to it because it it it, it kind of evolved out of the the cutout animation tradition, which, mm. where you get people like Terry Gilliam cutting out photos of things and moving them around, and it al- always looks kind of very rough and ready. And I think there's a I, I mean, I say I think that people see that in my work. I am, I'm mm. always like thinking, man, I spent ages on this. I, I make it all kind of nice and smooth and stuff. But, but then I'll, I'll occasionally get someone messaging me saying, hey, did you do this advert for so-and-so? It looks like your stuff. And they'll show me a link and I'll look at it and think, oh, my God, this is terrible. <laughs> I really think my stuff looks like this. That uh, kind of jumping to two separate points like natural segues for podcasting we can even talk about the amount of stuff you've done because you've done a lot of outside of your personal work if we want to call it you've done a huge amount of work or we could talk about plagiarism we can talk about whatever you like oh let's just talk about both yeah um so mcdonald's oh right mcdonald's stealing Potentially, I don't know what well, they, litigant kind of, situation that went they, on. They're probably not too kind of involved in any of those kind of decision. Ad agency somewhere. It's, it's something that ad agencies sometimes get up to, and I mean, I've worked for ad agencies, and I know people who've worked for ad agencies, and it's just how how it is. You'll get somebody there who sees something on the internet that's popular or interesting, and they'll say, "Oh, that's that's given me an idea." And my idea is to just use that idea and make yeah. an advert out of so it. So for, for people who don't know, um, she reacted a video, which is probably the, the video that uh, a lot, a vast number of people have seen of yours called Cows and Cows and Cows. Oh, uh, yeah. Cows. It has a life of its own as such. Yeah. It seems to be <laughs> heavily shared, you know. Yeah. Not that you haven't got a shed load of people seeing your work but that that one in particular seems to that's the one people it really triggered something in people's minds for some reason yeah but it's it's cows 
<laughs> dancing essentially yeah. in and I warping. Think, I and think it's just one of those things where it's it's su- it's made of such simple ingredients that it, it kind of mm. it, it instantly burrows into people's heads. And the McDonald's ad- advert is just essentially your so, video with different cows. Um, yeah, I mean, but I've seen them do that with other people as well. Yeah, and and it's it's not just them; it's other adverts do this. And sometimes the the ad agency will get the original artist involved. Well, that's the thing. Like, what that you didn't get asked, and I mm. never understand that idea. Like, I want something like. Um, this, I want I want Paul Weller to sing yeah. this song for me. All right, what should we do? Let's get this guy who sounds like Paul Weller. Yeah. <laughs> no, just ask Paul Weller. If he wants too much money, then get that guy. Like, mm-hmm. where the, why an ag- agency didn't think, I'll just Google Syriac, see if he's got... A, oh, look, I'll just email him. Yeah, and some oh, of them do, yeah. like, you know. And sometimes I, I can help them out, and sometimes I can't, and then they get somebody else to do something <laughs> like work. what I do. But... It, with some of them, it's just how they do things where they say, right, we, we, we want you to make this, this advert and when you, we want it to look like, uh, and they'll give you some reference materials. Mm. And you might, do, you might then show them something you've come up with yourself and they say, well, can you make it more like this reference a bit more? <laughs> and they'll keep asking for little changes until it's basically you're just yeah. remaking something that somebody else has done. Mm. Which must be frustrating. Because it's like, well, why did you ask me in the first place? Yeah, yeah, and and it's kind of annoying for the the original artist because, I mean, I in an ideal world, advertisers and artists have this kind of symbol symbiotic relationship where mm. they both help each other out. Like, yeah. one of them gives the other one work, the other one gives the other one content, and everyone's happy. So yeah, it just upsets things a bit when mm. when uh, when you get plagiarised. Yeah, but you get used to it, I guess. It, it's really it is really odd to me. I, my my thing is that annoys me is that they think in this day and age that oh, we'll get away with it. McVitie's um, did it <laughs> to they they copied a um, beardy man. Uh, beardy man is a beatboxer. Yeah, I know beardy man. I've, and I, he, yeah, he's, he's basically in the kitchen and he's mixing a beat. It's a really silly video, but it's cute. And it's mm. Beardy Man being a performative beatboxer rather than a looping beatboxer, which is mm. what he does on stage. And it's just a, a good skit. And then <laughs> McVitie's just go, oh, no, we'll just take that and make it about biscuits with a different guy. And it's like... That amazes me because that is, I mean, that's like a product that, yeah. they're, that they're using that somebody else has made. That's yeah. kind of, that's that And like, of, it's uh, not even like, you, if you look at his original video on YouTube, it's, oh, it's only got four views. No one's going to notice. It had like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views. <laughs> like, uh, no, had, you, there, oh. There's no getting away with it mm. in the age, age of the internet. Yeah, <laughs> which is a good thing at the same time as you get a lot of people on the internet who, yeah. you know, I, I saw an artist I follow um, get really grumpy because someone had banged up a load of t-shirts of their work on mm. Teespring. And it was like, what, do you thought you would just use somebody else's image? But when she challenged them, they said, oh, you put it on the internet. 
so it's free. There's this weird kind of what? mentality that's, I, and I don't know where it's come from. It, I think it's it kind of evolved out of the of the generation of people who are just used to downloading stuff for free on the internet. Yeah, and they've done it for so long that they they just think that's how it is, and mm. that's and if you put something out there on the internet, then you can just take it. I mean. It's a very strange kind of uh, scenario because at the same time, uh, I've got I've got the situation where I might make something and then another artist might kind of look at that and think, oh, I want to I want to have a go at making mm. that just for the kind of the artistic process, you yeah. know. And or they might take a, a sample of something that you've done and try and create something new out of it. And you have to kind of weigh up in your mind: is that is that right, or is that wrong, or are they yeah. stealing, or are they, or are they building on something that I've created? Is because that... I mean, in a sense, that's where I came from: is from taking photos that other people have, have taken and making animations out of them. Mm. So it feels a little bit hypocritical for me to to then. Yeah, it's all it, it, well. It comes for me. It comes down to if people are making money out of it. If people are making money out of something that I've made, yeah, and they haven't put any effort into it themselves to to kind of modify it enough, then I'd kind of had words with them. But yeah, yeah, it's frustrating because you we do live in this this more cut and paste, more mm. like I I made hip hop for a decade, you know, and we we stole. Me and Pip didn't. Really, we cleared. We asked people. It took us like two years to convince Radiohead to let us use them and stuff. But you know, but you know, some of the work you made couldn't have existed if mm. it hadn't have been for that. Yeah, and I've got the additional uh, thing now where I might see uh, an advert that has a style very similar to mine, but I can't really complain because I've been doing this for so long now that I'm, I've just become a part of the of the of the culture you know mm, mm. it's like a cultural reference rather than a direct reference i mean it's like people saying hey you do stuff like terry gilliam and if terry gilliam saw my stuff i think oh he's he's ripping me off but i mean it's just the the, yeah. the style that i choose choose to use in the end yeah but it's iteration isn't it like it feels yeah. as like... long as you as long as it's evident that you're that you're building out mm. of it yeah. Rather than just straight reproducing it, I think um, like in America they have uh, some uh, fair use on copyright. Yeah, and I th didn't they try and do something like that to to our copyright as well? I remember there was they they were trying to add something in the copyright law so that you're allowed to to do something if it's a parody, but you'd have to prove that it's actually funny. <laughs> yeah that's just that's just prove subjective things yeah. but like fair use um for anyone listening who doesn't know is basically the way american tv and now youtubers and stuff can use copyrighted material as long as it's transformative satirical as long as it's adding to the work so you can't just upload um the avengers movie to youtube but if you were to upload clips of the Avengers while you were doing a review mm. of it that you should be able to use that copyright under fair use it doesn't always work mm. <laughs> some companies well, are more the, litigant than others yeah but. I mean when it comes down to it 
if you've got enough money, you can just sue anyone, and yeah. there's not much they can do about it. Oh, I'm suing people left, right, and centre. <laughs> Well, you used you used the one hundred and twenty four beat per minute. Um, that's my my tempo. <laughs> it's not it's not my tempo. At all. I've got my own special tempo. Keep it, keep uh, I've it got secret. a special tempo. It's um, what is it? It's because because when you're animating, it, it really helps if uh, the music you use the beats line up on that yeah, frames you're, of you've animation. Yeah, because frames per second and yeah. we, we're using beats per minute. So, there's, so, so what, I, what I find now is that when I'm making music, I specifically choose uh, tempos that I know will line up really nicely with, yeah. the, with the frames per second. It's a restriction, but it's a nice restriction, if it's, you know what I mean. Well, yeah. I guess it's kind of lazy, because sometimes I'll be doing a tune and think, oh, it sounds so much better if it's just a little bit faster, but I know it'll be a real pain in the ass. <laughs> but you've, you've sort of touched on that already, that there's a certain amount of, you call it laziness, but... Well, like, you could call it efficiency. I was yeah. literally the word I was going to To do the it's amount of creative work. efficiency, yeah. Because I mean, I re- I have to churn stuff out quite quickly, or I'll get bored with it. Mm. So, like a video, a three-minute video typically takes me like a month to two months to make. Mm. And if it took any longer than that, I probably wouldn't even start it. <laughs> but then you also have some some. Uh, walls put in front of you by the software and and by computing like the is it billions the video with all the oh with all the rabbits i can't yeah. imagine how your computer was very happy yeah with you. it's funny because over the years i mean when i started i i, I dread to think about how crap my compute first computer was mm. and, and of course after effects was always crashing and stuff so over the years i've i've got better and better computers Mm. And uh, and it just seems like the more RAM I throw at it, the the more I just demand yeah, out, of, out of the software. So I never end up kind of benefiting. You never from progress. It. Like you never feel like <laughs> you're. It's, it's just a thing where you think, wow, this can do so much more now. Let's just make it do. So, so I'm much going more. to make it do so much more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this is a really funny thing. Like we. The technology is meant to like free us, yet it just causes all the same problems. Ah, shit, sorry. I just could do um I'll pause that or yeah. are you hanging um, up? Well, I'm alright. I'll just could do uh, switch Skype off. I forgot I had it on. Okay. The modern technology still uses <laughs> Skype though. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh man, I want to use something else. I really want to, but but all the other chat uh, programs now they seem to require you have a like a smartphone or something um you could use something <laughs> i'll edit dan remember to edit this we don't need and <laughs> then we rambled about skype and discord for an inordinate period of time skip to the end <laughs> there's adverts in skype it confuses me there there wasn't an old version i haven't seen them on the version i'm on at the moment but... i've i've not not used it in a while there's adverts on everything you, yeah. Actually, to bring it back, YouTube, do you, you put ads on your stuff now? Because you didn't use to. I didn't use to. And it's weird because I remember a time, uh, well, long before the adverts ever appeared on YouTube, I'd noticed them, some other video websites 
using these pop-up adverts on their videos and I think, man, that's a terrible idea. No one's going to watch a video if an advert pops up. I think, I think um, adverts on, on video in general has just been a war of attrition. Like I think eventually it's not that we've accepted them because of the idea of, well, it's paying the creators or it's funding the website. It's like they just exist now. I think that's it, and I mean, I went, I, I, I talked about this on Twitter recently, where I, because I, I went to a meeting with with the people at YouTube years ago, where they, they mentioned that they were thinking about doing adverts back when you could actually talk to a human. Yeah, YouTube. <laughs> back in the good old too. days when they were actually interested in listening to me, and uh, and I just thought, wow, that's a terrible idea, man. If I if an advert popped up on anything, I'd immediately shut it down because I just hate adverts that much. But um, but they just did it, and people just dealt with it. Eventually, everyone just what well, this is just and, the way it and is. Yeah, and, and after I get used a while, to hitting the the skip button yeah. now. And then after a while, I just thought, well, I got videos now with millions of views. How much money am I missing out on here? Sadly, <laughs> not as much as people think. No, no, but, I couldn't live off it. But it's still like a bit of money. And if people are happy to yeah. have adverts pop up, and as long as you have the option of ad blocking them, then well, that's I don't the thing, really yeah. Care. If you're not happy, you can just block them anyway. Mm. Um, but that and it kind of links into like how you pay for your own art because mm. the stuff, a vast majority of your stuff on YouTube isn't commercial work yet that non-commercial you could i don't know whether you'd call it art or not i'd I'd call it art i'd call a lot of things art yeah (laughs) there's like this whimsy and i don't know this because it's not just they're not just funny videos you know like cycles yeah so cycles is teddy bears invading worthing it's Worthing, yeah, because yeah, it's like because you did live around Brighton. Yeah, I used bit. to live in Brighton, then I moved to Worthing. Yeah, and and yeah, I thought seaside I'd see town and cars going down the street and people walking and it loops and it loops until the point where you've got giant Star Wars walkers yeah. <laughs> made out of teddy bears attacking the town. But it's it's like there's something in that repetition that unexpected. Like whimsy is the word I used yeah, a minute ago. Well, I want to use it it's... again because it makes me sound clever. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you can attach kind of meaning and and, and stuff to things uh, quite easily, even if, if nothing was intended more than just something funny to look at. Mm. Um, but I, I'd class it all as being artistic yeah. in the end. If it's art is just... It's just uh, pulling something out of your head and putting it into somebody else's. It's mm. giving someone an alternative view of the world uh, or telling a story. Um, so, yeah. You you talked in, in something. I, I'm really bad at referencing people. <laughs> um, so I'm just stealing other people's. I'm just plagiarising other people's podcasts and <laughs> interviews at this point. But you talk about... Um, a video welcome to kitty city where oh, yeah. you you made this worm like caterpillar cat i suppose yeah and then you once you've made it you were like i wonder where he's just come from 
Yeah. You just like you've asked yourself the question, and it leads to yeah. Well, this this is where a lot of my stuff uh, it, it evolves out of this just a simple thing, and suddenly I have to build a world for it to exist in, kind of logically speaking. Yeah, it's it's odd because like when I'm creating, I air quote a lot, but mm-hmm. when I'm creating. I'm the question I'm often asking myself is what am I trying to say? Whereas I find it fascinating that you get to ask the question, what what is he trying to say? I've yeah. created this thing, yet what is he trying to do? What is he trying to say? Where it's, is he Yeah, going it's interesting you say that because I always have this feeling uh, that a lot of the stuff I make is making itself in some way. Mm. And all I'm doing is just moving the parts, moving the pieces into the correct positions. Yeah. Because there's there's only one cre- correct... It's like a jigsaw puzzle. You have to put the yeah. pieces in the right place or it won't work. So I just feel like I'm building something which couldn't exist in any other form. And in that sense, it's, it's just making itself. One of those famous, like, actually skilled sculptor people. I cannot remember who, but... Said that oh, what, cut... Finding the, uh, the, yeah, the sculpture the inside a block of marble. Inside. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I feel like that to a certain that extent. Michelangelo, let's say. Yeah, <laughs> I think it Donatello. is. Raphael is the best yeah. one with the spikes. And I mean, I'm probably downplaying my own contribution to the whole creative process a bit. But is that because, because it comes naturally? Yeah, you, you always take it for granted if, it, yeah. if it's a, a kind of an innate thing in your head I don't know or do you ever do the thing where you feel like you've not done enough work for something oh god yeah. it's already done and good you could I yeah I've, I've got a phrase for it, it which is uh, TDP which stands for that'll do pig which is a <laughs> quote from uh, babe babe where the farmer looks down at the pig and says that'll do pig <laughs> and that's what I have to say to myself if something's it's in the finished enough yeah, <laughs> that I can stop working on it because you could just keep working on it forever yeah. and ever. Um, I, this uh, quote comes up a lot, but all art is abandoned. I don't know <laughs> who said it, but like, yeah, it's, 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 it's not. Well, it's funny because you think of it as abandoned and yet once you've put it out there, it's kind of like almost like the audience. Mm makes it into something else, something beyond your control. I always find it fascinating with live bands. Like, you, you listen to an album 50 times and you know how that song goes. Then you go see the band and it's subtly different. Mm. And those subtle differences, like, they might have shortened a breakdown or, or extended a bit or, or whatever mm. because once they were on that stage and probably playing that song far more times than they ever did when they recorded it, like suddenly oh this is how this song <laughs> should be whereas if you listen to a band's first album generally mm. how they play it live is how the album sounds because it's they were playing those songs for however long before they got signed etc but second album that's the bit where you've you've got right you've got 18 months to write another album mm. done it and then listen to what they're playing live a year later and it's like Oh, this is how the album should have sounded. <laughs> I think that's why so many second albums aren't quite as good. Yeah, yeah, there is something to that. Yeah, but I, it's, I think there's 
problems with expectations. And that's, I suppose that... Well, in some sense, like everything, every new piece you create is has evolved out of the thing that came before it anyway. Mm. So it, it almost is like your entire body of work is just one piece of art that's been evolving over time. Yeah. And looking at it at any particular point, it's just like taking a slice yeah. through it at that moment. Do you, do you ever get the thing where you, you release something new and you, you feel like it's the best you've ever done? And then get <laughs> that mild annoyance that, why, are you, why is everyone still watching that video? Watch this one. This is... <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've always had this thing where old stuff just looks really embarrassing. And I've had this since I was a kid. I suppose and there's technological reasons as well because of the ability to capture video. Yeah, but I mean, even even when I was growing up, I mean, I don't have any stuff I drew when I was a, a kid just because like a year later, mm. I'd be that much better at drawing that it would look crap and I'd throw it away, throw the old stuff away. So, yeah, I mean, some of my old videos I do kind of, cringe a bit yeah I, I have it like there's stuff off me and Pip's first album that still played on the radio and it's cringeworthy to me mm. like if I knew then what I know now we probably never would have been signed but <laughs> I think though as well that what you what you have to realize is that other people are hearing a completely different thing that what you are yeah because you what you because you've made it you've crafted every kind of molecule of that thing mm. and you know it inside out and it, you you knew it since before you made it because it is already in your head so you've got such a weird uh kind of other context to to to, yeah. to experience it than other people do who and other people just hear it how they want to hear mm. it and and you have that double whammy of like it's not only what you intended it was also what you were living through oh right yeah you know, like each each of the albums me and pip did all relate to different phases generally mm. relationships and uh it's like yeah when someone's telling me oh i love that song it's so uplifting and that and mm. i'm thinking man i was in a bad place <laughs> <laughs> like yeah yeah that's that's another thing i mean because you you have that as an artist but you'd also have that as the audience mm. it, it, when the the time you're living in when you enjoyed something that is always going to remind you of that i mean mm. I, there are certain there's certain music that i that i hear that always reminds me of whatever i was doing at the time because i'd i'd always have it on in the background mm. or whatever the that environment like you live alone mm. and you you make something that's very time consuming so mm. you spend a lot of time staring at a screen does the i don't want to use the word isolation because it, it <laughs> sounds darker than it, it should be well the screen is like a window into a, uh, like this infinite universe mm which also has like the internet attached to it <laughs> so i never really feel that isolated in fact i've had to i've gone out of my way to 
to live somewhere that's as isolated as I could find. You are out of the way. (laughs) Just because I don't want any of the outside world to annoy me while I'm looking through this. So it's a choice. It's a, a it's a positive to your work yeah, yeah. so because my my laptop that uh, i make music on doesn't connect to the internet i've never oh, put right. in the password i was really annoyed actually because um when I, I got my last new one which was a long time ago i updated it from my old one and that one did connect to the internet so i had to go through and delete all the because it kind of copied it all across yes. but yeah so if i want to use the internet because i've got a like a phone and stuff mm. i'll just do it that way if i need to send a file i'll I'll copy that on a usb over to my old laptop which is it is really weird i open this old laptop that takes 20 minutes to i might as well hand crank it to start <laughs> but just because i know if i've got access to twitter yeah. while i'm making a beat while I'm, let's say I'm rendering, and I've only got to wait three minutes for it to render, mm. but I'll be off on a Twitter rant. Yeah. Oh, these people, <laughs> oh, anger. So, yeah, so it is, a, it is a real uh, time waster, the internet, but it is, it's also how I ingest the, the world that I live in. <laughs> it's, I like it, and as much as I hate it, you know. I mean, I remember, I mean, I grew up without the internet, and I remember just sitting around my mate's bedroom and we'd just be like staring at, at each other thinking, and I know we were both thinking, God, I wish someone would invent, invent the internet. <laughs> <laughs> just this nebulous idea like, yeah. oh God, I'm bored. <laughs> um, but all right, talking about time filling, um, you, you've done a bit of Twitch streaming. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a little That's dabble a couple of with years that. ago now, yeah. which would, like you, you kind of showed the creative side. Yeah, because I mean, do. I am, I am a bit of a hermit at heart, but I do appreciate the value of of some human contact because you, after a while, you forget how to even talk to other people. Yeah, if you don't see them. So I thought, well, that's a good idea. I can, I can interact with my fans and it's, show them how I do stuff. I've been doing it. About three years now. I probably mm. do like 30 hours streaming a week, which is probably right. a little too much. But it's this opportunity to talk to another human, even if they're only there passively. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 I did it for a bit and then I, I stopped just because I kind of felt like I'd said everything that I could say about yeah. my creative process. And it's, and it's very weird. What I was doing is basically opening up old after effects projects and to show people how i'd done stuff mm. and of course because of the way i work is is like flinging mud at a wall to see what sticks i'd be opening these old projects and thinking god what on earth is going on here yeah, <laughs> i have no idea of layers of yeah it's just a complete mess so the whole stream would just be me kind of being completely confused about <laughs> what i was even looking at so i've tried to do actual creating stuff on stream yeah and it, it's a little hard because i'm embarrassed I've, had, it, like, I've i've tried that and, and i found that you it's you can't really take it seriously too much mm. because when you're actually creating the process as for an observer the process is going to be boring mm. as hell to yeah. watch especially with animation 
where you're just tweaking a little keyframe and then right? watching it over and over and over again and then tweaking it again and no one's going to want to watch that. <laughs> because so much of your stuff is rhythmic and looping mm. as well. Like, to well, know if a loop yeah. works, you can't just watch that once. I guess it, I guess there's a real parallel with, with music making in that because I've I've watched people making music. Oh, yeah, what you do is And, is and they're just sitting there listening to the same loop over and over again for like hours. Hours. And yeah. that's not a process that you really want to be an audience to, I mm. guess. Yeah, because that's what I find. I like move on far. I move through things far faster than I would. Mm. So I end up. But then if you, if you end up just basically making a, a kind of tutorial for how to it's, make like, stuff. Yeah, they always end up being like copies of something I've done before mm. rather than anything new or iterative. Mm. Like, uh, it's really funny. I've, I've been messing around. I was trying to send a clip to, uh, to someone of something that happened in a game. Really boring. I was running around in PvP in Destiny and I shot a man in the head. Yeah, I suddenly got two kills and I was like, how did that happen? So I just hit clip on my PlayStation 4 because you can clip things. Hmm. It's constantly recording. Oh, right. And then I'm like, I must have spent like two hours like slowing it down, trying to work out, how did I kill a second guy with that one bullet? What's going on? And then as I'm slowing it down, obviously the audio is slowing down and it, it's slowing it down in like this sort of, not just putting the whole thing in slow-mo, it's like playing full speed and then going, oh, right. and then speeding back up. So really odd. And I'm like, then I'm distracted completely because this, this noise, like the noise of the game is like, digital sounds and all this and and then I'm off making a beat for it I was, like, <laughs> I was like but I can't couldn't do that on stream mm. you know like where the inspiration comes from is often so unrelated you know yeah yeah and I guess the most of the um, most of the creative streams that you'll see are going to be people where it's not so much a an artistic thing it's more of a craft type mm. thing they'll know what they're doing and what they have to do so they're just you were just watching them do it My, literally because I, I haven't done a creative stream in a couple of months and I do enjoy them and enjoy the conversations that come up around them that's why I'm doing a podcast about vaguely about creativity mm. but um, my, my girl, girlfriend just said well stop just turning on the stream like pick something you want to do beforehand like pick a song you want to remix or have a reason what you're trying to create it doesn't matter mm. if it's good but then at least you've got a framework for the stream which gives you a framework for something to people talk about and yeah. such and things do, do people talk too much in the in the stream about what you're doing and ask you questions and things so like gaming streams, because that's what I do mostly. Mm. It's yeah, it's fairly chatty. Like, it's it's a weird one because I don't really suppress the stream in any way. So there's no subjects you can't talk about. Hey, right. So we can talk about politics. We do talk about religion. It's funny that it's it amazes me that the internet has evolved in a direction where people have thrown away their anonymity. When I first started mm. using the internet, nobody knew who anyone was. Yeah. And you could have, you could say whatever you want, no matter how 
offensive it was or, or outrageous. Yeah. And you could kind of get away with it. And then things like Facebook appeared and suddenly people are going, telling the world who they really are. But is it who they really are or is it who they want you to perceive them to be? Like, you go out for a rad lunch and you take a photo of that rad meal. That's cool and all, but I know for a fact you were eating <laughs> beans on toast last night. Well, there's, there's always going to be an aspect of people playing a part, even even without the internet. There's always as soon that. as you leave the house, yeah. But, but at the same time, there is that, that grounding sense of, of yourself that that is attached to your real name and what mm. you do and where you live and stuff, which is what people have kind of thrown out there into the world. And I'm always amazed at why people were so quick to give that up mm. just for to have a like a Facebook page or whatever. I think I think to a certain extent there is a bit of the nostalgia thing, uh, the bit of the oh, I wonder what he's doing now. Yeah. So, you, like... Yeah, that's right, because it all started with that Friends Reunited. Yeah, you had Friendster and Friends Reunited and, and there then a few of those sort. MySpace and stuff like that. And then people became the product that they that, that they were selling to the world, basically. Yeah. Oh, God, that, that phrase. Well, it's my personal brand. Like, yeah. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. Like, why... And, and and everything is content. Content is a really disparaging word to use because yeah, it's just, anything could be content, no matter how. how well, I always it is. I always think of it like ingredients. When you read it's like ingredients, a, yeah, like oh, well, this has got four grams of salt content. Like it's the lowest common denominator, basically, for for whatever you're producing. Yeah, it's the it's the bare, the bare minimum that it, it mm. has to be. And it's frustrating to me because there's so many people that are making beautiful things. Like, but if you're making animated GIFs, there's plenty of people who make really beautiful geometric evolving GIFs mm. that are inspiring to me. Yet someone's going to post that, not the creator themselves, but somebody else is going to come along and grab that and use that as content as yeah. like well this will get me some likes for today yeah like, it's it, what do they call that when you just um all you do is kind of gather stuff that other people have done and mm. kind well, of curate it yourself you got like pinterest yeah. and i suppose tumblr was that in a certain certain elements of tumblr were just collections of mm. and they're fascinating you know they can lead to inspiration finding work through those yeah but it's like but then the people who curate uh well it's a bit like there was there was an argument about that when djs became a thing back in the day you remember when celebrity djs and you just think they're just playing other people's music Mm. How, how how difficult is that and stuff I like I hundred percent believe there's a skill mm. involved in in DJing. Well, but... there's a there's a technical skill of of mixing and whatever, but then there's the there is a kind of a creative process yeah. in the gathering of the material to and make that choosing which of... stuff you're going to play. Yeah, but at the same time, like to the the amounts of money that were changing hands to book that person yeah but it's when 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 the person who's gathering this this stuff to show people is getting more out of it than mm. the people who are making it 
that's it, a kind of a it's disbalance. the commoditizing of that name rather than what they're that the art mm. that they're going to use which always confuses me i always think i don't know if it's actually true i always it always makes me think of um Lakeside Shopping Centre in Essex, where I, I worked in HMB and stuff. When it opened, someone said to me that the Marks and Spencers in there, which was massive, like two, three stores of Marks and Spencers, goodness, didn't pay rent. What? Yeah, because the, <laughs> the I, people because... who owned the shopping centre wanted that that big oh, name DJ, man. DJ that's Marks and Spencers. Terrible, isn't it? That is, I mean, oh, like, I don't know if that's so many... true, obviously, but. Like well, that it's, idea well, it's, is... it's similar to how big brands don't pay any tax because they, mm. they're, they're afraid to, to ask them to in case they say, oh, we're <laughs> going so to move somewhere else. It's then. so funny. Like, um, I remember Arcadia Group one year paid like 1% tax and, well, that's what they agreed to. I was like, no, I don't get to choose. I don't get to negotiate with yeah, someone. It's, t- it's, it's so wrong. I haven't actually earned <laughs> enough money in the last like three years to pay tax. So it's going to be, if I like suddenly start earning money because I get off my ass and do some work, um, <laughs> it's going to go, who am I giving this money to? This is mine. I worked for this. <laughs> All right, I pay road tax. That counts, doesn't yeah. it? That's not even, it's, what is it? Motive? Don't get distracted by tax, Dan. <laughs> it happens. I'm... But t- talking about the internet, there's a weird thing with you because of that start with GIFs, mm. that start, like, there's work of yours that people have seen that they will not know they're yours. <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's that un... un- I mean, for, uh, there was a couple of years where I was making these things back in the day, and, and I mean, I try and put my name on some of them, but it's just a name. Nobody... And it, like, by the time it's compressed and stuff, yeah. It, yeah. So, yeah, and then suddenly, and then one day YouTube came along and I just put all these gifts together into a, a compilation video and put it out there and, and I'd get people saying, oh, God, you did that. Yeah, I, I saw that on, <laughs> on the But, yeah, gifts were, gifts were such an ideal uh, format because they were just so easy to spread and, and, and there you was, could embed them on any web page and send them There were so an many email. different ways of making them as well because I used to make gifts in... Flash. Mm. So you had those like more vectory gifts, but yeah. then then you had fo- you could make Photoshop gifts or GIMP, which is the free. That's the Photoshop equivalent, equivalent open source uh, thing. Yeah, and like making gifts in that is so easy. So there's like, which meant that the medium of gifts could deal with more than just chopping it like that cutout style photo mm. thing, which then inspires it to become. An art form of its own to the point now where well it's amazing that they, they're still around and they're still yeah. popular because the format itself is really quite clunky compared to yeah. modern video formats and um well yeah it's funny it's hilarious because on twitter if you see a gif you're not watching a gif yeah you're watching all, a video they've all been conver- which is crazy because when i make a gif to twitter i have to make a video first convert it to a gif GIF. and then upload it to twitter for them to convert it back again which is a bit bit of a strange way of doing things but it's just one of those things that won't die i think because the format itself requires this this endlessly looping Mm. image 
which is just a thing that people want. Mm. And I mean, it, and I think it's valuable. I think the reason it's, one of the reasons it is so valuable on, on the internet is because the internet is inherently static. It's just a page of words and you mm. don't want the words to be moving around because and isn't you really wouldn't be able to read last them. the few years that we've started having the bandwidth to do more mm. immersive websites, but we've got to that point now where we understand the language of the internet as a more static thing. So it, it, yeah. you need to have something moving mm. to, to convey emotion or whatever. And, uh, but at the same time, it can't just keep moving and changing forever mm. or you'd have to just sit there watching it forever. So it's just this simple loop that, mm. that gives, a, gives a visual message. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's I, adds so much more to I things. find it really uh, like uh, telling on that emotion thing, like literal on, on Twitch, you have emotes mm. and each channel, like partner channels, and now with affiliates, so smaller channels can have their own mm. emotes that if, you, if you're paying that channel of the bucks, you can use that anywhere on Twitch. But there are also GIF emotes and they're 112 by 112 pixels. They're tiny and yeah. Twitch makes them even smaller when they're in chat. Yet... Like we can express that, we can express an emotion, whether it be a static image or animated, in a tiny amount of pixels at the same time as people are spending thousands of pounds on 4K TVs. And <laughs> like it just it is amazing to me. Like the human experience can be expressed in the simplest. Mm. But I suppose if you draw two dots and a line, you can show any human emotion. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's one of those things that that had to exist, basically. And even, and I mean, it didn't. You didn't have smileys for a long time. Mm. And hieroglyphics, mate. That's the yeah. label. Just <laughs> Egyptian emoji. Yeah, but yeah, you, you. I mean, having a conversation on the internet, you just have to have mm. a way of saying, "I'm." being a bit sarcastic here. <laughs> what I find funny with the internet as well is that like what is a necessity like for shorthand with with obviously lots of like BRB or, or mm. whatever, those things spring up and become part of our language. Like someone actually said lol. Ah! Yeah. You're not laughing, so you're lying. You're lying. Out <laughs> and then they gen they got confused as to what I was saying. But <laughs> almost to the point they didn't know that lo lol meant laugh out loud. It was like genuinely yeah. but um but yeah, so that but then like little smileys, little um punctuation smileys expanded to like full on a scuzzy I don't know how you say that, a skizzy, a skeezy. I don't even know what that is. Uh it's the 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 text A S C S I ASCII. ASCII. Asking. That's how I pronounce it. But I don't like, know if that's how you say it. <laughs> people make full on. Oh yeah, like little ASCII art to the point of like full on ASCII art pornography. <laughs> actually animated. <laughs> it's bizarre, man. It's absolutely like hardcore porn animated in, and it's like what? you spent thousands of hours doing this to like these people are making like HD. <laughs> I mean, like crazy developed it's like that that skill and time and mastery into making porn out of letters it just fascinates me that 
date. Yeah. Well, I can see that. I mean, there's always a thing when you're an artist, and I mean, I get this as well, where the limitations, uh, they they force you to be more creative. Mm. So they it's, inspire it's, you in a it's sense. Something that's come up repeatedly in this, like how uh, people have gravitated towards things that limit them. Mm. So the limitations becoming like gravitating towards the limitations. So Chipsel, um, the chip tune artist, uses a Game Boy to create her music. Mm. You know, there's software called LSDJ that she uses, and she's limited by not only what the software can do, but the control mechanism of that. And that's where she started. And now she's more spent a bit more money and got bigger things. Yet she's built a synthesizer that's super limiting out mm. of modular synthesis. And it's interesting how even now she's got the ability to have everything she could ever want. What she wants is something limiting, mm. but that helps her work harder and, and find her own sound, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I use that a lot in what I do where I'll, I'll just find a particular piece of footage or a photo and I'll just think, man, could I actually make a whole video out of just that that thing? Just you did that in because though. Yeah, that's just, just your face. Just a picture of my face, and it it was the challenge of it, you know, to just see how far I could, what, what kind of world I could create out of such a simple thing. It is funny actually because that you use your one face to make someone in your comments. Uh, said a religion. You can make a religion <laughs> out of this. Uh, whoever said that in the comments, I know you're listening. Um, but yeah, it's a take from your face to mm. this ascension. Like it, it creates this little it, jellyfish. It's, it's, and... it's like I, w I wanted to build a whole universe out of this because it it's that that idea of of the universe being built from such simple components. Mm. Then, and there are just so many of them that complexity just emerges. And, and yeah, so I just wanted to visualise that in a kind of a ridiculous way. Yeah. <laughs> it, it works, you know, like to be able to do that and actually makes a jump to the music as well. Oh, right. Um, because the music in that is so fitting. It, 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 it is so perfect for what you've done that I don't think that the music, the music must have existed first, surely. Oh yeah, it always, the music always exists first. Because I can't imagine making something like that and then having to try to pair mm. the music. No, no, how, how it works is, I mean, the music always comes first and I mean, sometimes it'll, the I'll have the music track for like years before mm. a video spawns from it and um but the, the the video the visuals are totally a reaction to the music so whatever the the story the music goes on whatever the atmosphere it creates that's what will inspire the visuals and so it becomes like almost like a storyboard mm. for the for the video and of course, you've got the beats and the rhythm that creates a framework for yeah. for the actual animation. 
So, yeah. And yeah. it's just funny because it the music is constantly ascending. Mm. You know, it's just moving up and up and up and up and up. And, uh, I, yeah, finding because that's what you're doing till this point where you um, reach the Teletubbies baby son <laughs> moment of your face. Yeah. Like, I think it's something that's, maybe if anyone who, who knows your work might not realise that that's you making that music. You are, although you'd probably, from what I'm gathering here, you'll play down your musical ability. You know, you're just making a thing that you yeah, need almost. Music, I mean, it's always been a bit of a hobby for me. Um, I mean, I've been making music for a, a long time before I even started doing animation. Mm. But I've never had any kind of training uh, or bothered to learn any instruments. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically just me getting some music software and playing around with it. And I mean, before I had computers, I was using drum machines to make these these interesting yeah. drum patterns and loops and stuff. But yeah, I never feel like I'm a, a musician or anything. But like, I guarantee, like, do you play some of, like, I'm not very musical for a musician. I, I, I can't read music. I mm. know the odd scale. I, I know what keys to press with my hands. Um, but like generally, I don't know the language of music. Mm. I know the what sounds good to me. Thing. Well, that's the, that's what I get. I mean, when I'm making an animation, I know how to do stuff, and I know how I know how to tell a story and animate stuff. Uh, but with music, it's more like I'm I'm just experimenting and and hammering it until it's mm. a, a nice shape. And I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'll throw a load of notes together and by chance they might sound good. It's, it's funny though, because that, by your by chanceness is that, oh, it was really hard. It's like winning the lottery. Some of those chord changes are like, how the fuck did, what? You know, like to me, I'm... I'm well, it's, it comes back to that, what I was saying earlier about about my stuff making itself because I, I feel like when I've made something that's the only way it could possibly exist if it if it wasn't like that it would sound wrong mm. or it'd look wrong so I'm just putting the pieces together in the form that it has to be in yeah uh, but I mean that's still based on my particular taste so I guess that's where my artistic I suppose it is, comes into it um your ear your because, eye because your... some people listen to my stuff and they hate it and it's i'm kind of i'm fine with that because definitely <laughs> like, I, I can it's funny like although we haven't talked about it like you did a thing for walmart the fashion oh yeah thing. and i i that seeing that video it's very different it's it's a it's definitely a more commercial piece mm. But I want to know how that kid pitched Syriac to whoever was paying for it. Like, there's no way he could have shown them, like, the work. Or if he did, he's got it muted because some of those chords are going to freak the like. Yeah, well, I mean, I of course imagine. I wasn't making that music. But like the not the, the music the, the in that, but like when he's trying to sell. I think I think what helps you to whoever's yeah, paying. I think for it's it. from uh, probably 
that stemmed more from the music videos I've done. I suppose, yeah, the Bonobo. Like the Bonobo one. Bonobo. I can never... Decide. It's Bonobo. Bonobo. I think so. I, think I feel like David Attenborough could tell us. Yeah. He I would think... know. But like music videos, you've done Bonobo, you did the Eskimo uh, one the, on the New York streets. Um, hmm. Did the meow the jewels run the jewels thing? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Uh, the block party one. Oh yeah, block, block party, party one's awesome because it is found footage. It's that's so that was so funny when because they asked me to make that video and I just thought, oh god, because they because they one of their stipulations was that they had to appear in it, mm. and I just thought, oh man, does that mean I'm going to have to film, film these them. guys and and kind of orchestrate them and stuff? And then I just had, I was, I was looking at some of their old videos and I thought, well, these are a bit kind of, I, I would have done They're these. pretty traditional. Yeah. I just couldn't help looking at them and thinking, what would I have done with this footage? I'm, I'm sure I'd have done something a bit more interesting than just these guys playing their instruments in a room. And, and then I thought, man, I wonder if I could sell this idea to them <laughs> of just using all their old videos and just making them into a new video. It's a weirdly thing as well because of them splitting, splitting up so soon afterwards. It's almost yeah. like a compendium of... Yeah, all their greatest hits before they, they disappear. Um, yeah, it worked out in the end. And, let me, and, it, and again, it's that thing of limiting yourself, like especially because all the footage they sent me was so like ropey mm. like like they were sending me just really compressed videos because it's yeah. all they had and stuff oh yeah like me and pip we don't have a hd version of the video most people have seen mm. like, yeah i don't have hd versions of most of my videos because hd wasn't a thing didn't exist yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah like looping all the way back you've done a lot like we listed those videos flying lotus on top of that and then you did a few spoof adverts for the it crowd oh. uh, you did some video shorts for showtime and like yeah i forget how much i've done over the years it's weird because i get people saying to me <laughs> oh i've grew up watching so, your stuff and, and i think god i've only been doing it for a little while the, the stuff i <laughs> noted down were the run run the jewels bonobo Flying Lotus, Block Party, Eskimo videos, It Crowd spoof ads, E4 idents, Adult Swim idents, Showtime yeah, idents. Yes, Showtime. And that's just stuff I knew. There's other music videos, there's a hell of a lot more. Yeah, idents. there's loads of adverts and things I've done. There's idents for a, no, there's a Spanish TV ad for like an optician's. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so weird because it's like musically so different to everything of yours because it's like mm. jovial, almost like Spanish stock music, but like it's so fitting as well. Yeah. But weirdly, that, that stuff feels like the gifts you would have been well, known for. Well, that was literally was the gifts because <laughs> what had happened with that one was that was after I'd put my compilation video on YouTube of all my gifts and, and I, I was getting emails from ad agencies and and tv companies basically saying yeah we really like that bit and that bit can we can we take that one and we'll have that one they were using it like a library of ideas <laughs> kind of. but to, that's the thing like how does it feel to take something you're just noodling around to make people laugh in the office mm. and then you're making like work like actual work that million 
if not billion-dollar companies are willing to use to represent them. It's <laughs> crazy when you think it about it. it. And I've never got used to it. I'll tell you, it's... I'm, and I mean, when I think back of the, the days when I'm doing stuff for Coca-Cola or whoever, and, yeah, you and did, I was living in this like, bedsit on Brighton Seafront, <laughs> which was just one room, like, the, which was my bedroom and my living room yeah. and my wardrobe. So everything I owned was just scattered Your all over floor it. Drove. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And I was thinking, man, if they saw me in, in, in this working environment, I don't know what they'd think. Yeah, it freaks me out. Like when, <laughs> when, when like a, a company, I can't say their name, sadly, approached me the other day and I'd never heard of them. Mm. So I was just chatting away. And then um, they asked me to do something and I emailed somebody uh, in the games industry what do you know about these guys? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, they just uh, floated for a billion. And all of them are like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's like, suddenly, like, when they were, they're trying to arrange this meeting and I'm trying to get them to meet me in a Pret, <laughs> like, which is classy. I think Pret is the top end of my level of class. <laughs> and, and it's like, suddenly they're saying, oh, no, we should really go to... Uh, uh, Selfridges, or not Selfridges. There's a place near there, not Harrods. Yeah. There's a place. They, See, this is Fortnum this... and Mason. They wanted oh, to meet God. me in this cafe near Fortnum and Mason. I was like, all right. I've I've made a, a real effort over the years to to ensure that I never actually meet <coughs> any of my clients if I can get away with it. Which again is the wonder of the internet. Yeah, like you yeah, can, God, you can be amazing. in a bed sitting Brighton. And be I mean, doing... I do whole jobs where I, I, I only ever email the people mm. that I'm working for. But the, where we are now, obviously, with your your glass tables and shine, it's chrome everywhere. It's very, <laughs> it's very modern yes. and business like, and there's lots of uh, secretaries and underlings walking past. Yeah, God, Should... my my multi million dollar <laughs> business I have here. <laughs> but um. I don't, you know what, like, I think we've covered everything. So, there it is, Syria. What a dude, man. Really good conversation. I've actually cut off a bit of the uh, end of the conversation, where we ramble about the binding of Isaac for a bit. But Andrea has convinced me that people need to hear it. She loves that game. I love that game. Syriac loves that game. So, at the end of this section, I'm just going to whack the four minutes of us talking roguelikes um, on the end for you. But yeah, I hope genuinely you enjoyed that. I certainly did. It was definitely worth my time driving up to the north. I actually really like driving. It's, I, it's good for my brain. You know, I have to concentrate, but I don't concentrate, concentrate. I get ideas. You know, and not like bad ideas. Not like voices in your head kill all the people ideas. More like creative ones. And that's kind of my job, isn't it? Don't forget to check out Syriac's work. Don't forget to hit me up on Twitter if you've got any questions and ideas for other guests. Drop by the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Sack. If you want to give the podcast a little bit of support, uh, tweet, retweet, do all those things. You know, thank you in advance for spreading the good word. And as you well know, I'm I'm not too proud to beg. And I'll see you next week. Wait, no, I didn't tell you about next week's guest. Next week's guest, 
YouTuber, deep philosophical shenanigans, creativity, everything all in a big blender. You're going to enjoy it. All right, right. On to that chat about Isaac. See you later. Actually, do you play Binding of Isaac as well? Oh, yeah. Do you still play it a lot? A lot, yeah, Yeah. every day. (laughs) It's weird. There's something in Isaac that is repetition, like Mm. because it's a roguelike, like a run takes 40 minutes at most, and then you just do another run. Mm. But each run evolves so differently. Yeah, it's, it's what keeps me playing it. It's like every, you just never know what you're going to get. When you when you end up in like a, a game-breaking run where you've got these multicolour giant <laughs> tears and you picked up rubber cement so they're bouncing everywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's funny because it... Well, it just ties back to everything I love and everything I create. It's all just... the You start with something so simple mm. and it just entropy takes over and by the end it's just a chaos of i'm not going to explain what binding of isaac is to anyone listening if you know you know if you don't <laughs> google it google like richard hammer or or one of those streamers God, yeah, let me see it. how long i've been playing that game but there's you start with very tiny i'm going to call them bullets but they're not i don't want to spoil anything for you um look at that man Mate. That's a silly amount of time to be spending playing a game. But you start with these very simple bullets, and now, and then over time, they evolve by each thing you pick up, and it's beautiful. It's just downright and, beautiful. And, and everything, everything you pick up can have a different effect, but different effects can synergize in different ways to create a totally different new yeah. effect. So you've got 2,750 hours. Yeah, that's quite a lot. So I've got, I've passed 2,000 hours on Steam, but that doesn't account for PlayStation. Oh dear. You're PlayStation a- Vita. You're ahead of me, are you? <laughs> I reckon we're a bit about equal. And my girlfriend's PlayStation, because she plays it. Oh, right. So God. It's addictive, isn't it? I've got it? to be up there. I, I stopped playing for a long while, and um, I deleted my save file, just to start again, just mm. to, um, just to, yeah, because game. after a while, you, you, I've I found that you, 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 you want to know what it's like to start from the beginning from again, the beginning. to see if it, you just well, you think, am I really this good at the game, or is it just because is I've unlocked game? all the good stuff? Yeah, it's funny because there is a, another. So we're on what Afterbirth Plus now. Mm. There is another. They did announce. Oh, there's a new DLC, which is... Uh, it's not Anti-Birth, because that was a mod. Well, they're, they're adapting that to... Oh, to is that the what that yeah. DLC is going to be? So I think they might add... Well, they'll have to change some bits of it, and they'll probably want to add some more stuff themselves. The item bloat at this point. It's, it's kind of... It's almost too much, isn't it? We're at, yeah, there's, there's this <laughs> point where... Like, there's a lot can... of items that maybe do similar things, and... Yeah, it's, it's funny. The, the last thing you unlocked was the blanket, and obviously the blanket is just um, holy mantle, but only for boss rooms. Mm. And it's like, but we've got holy mantle, <laughs> you know, and we've got the the uh, little what's it called trinket that gives you holy man- mantle for one yeah. hit per floor. And it's just like, I get it. 
I get it. But then they'll do stuff like the ones where your tears become your eyes. And they're mm. like pool balls. They and they're the bouncing room. around off each other. Like that's oh, that's actually something different. <laughs> but we're just talking about Isaac. We the some point before now we will have faded out. Just because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not built like this. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 